So I worked for a gentleman, uh, the previous fire chief, Steve Err. I learned a lot from him working with him. He led by example, and, and I saw Christ moving in him, and I really looked up to him. And Butch, we were talking, and I said, the guy is just a really strong leader, and I don't know if I can fill his shoes. And he goes, you're not filling his shoes, you're filling your own shoes. Welcome to Resisting Pretense. We're having uh, honest conversations about a life of faith in modern culture, and our hope is that by the by engaging in these conversations, we sharpen our thinking, we sharpen your thinking, um, and inspire faith-infused conversations in your life. So that's that's where we're headed. We are uh, unofficially sponsored by Diet Coke because we've never asked. <laughs> and today we have a guest. So excited about this. Dusty Fields. I've known Dusty uh, in different capacities, but for, boy, at least a good 20 years I've known about Dusty, and then I've known known you more directly in the last, I'd say, 5 to 10. About, about, I think about 2010-ish, I started coming to church at Stone Ridge. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so it's been, boy, so that's that's 13, right? Yeah, so uh, right. you probably knew me through Charlie and... Yeah, Tammy in 05, 05-ish. Yeah, yeah, so we had fire, de- like mutual fire department friends, but uh, uh, now now I've gotten to know know you on your own, right? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about, uh, Dusty, when, when did you become the fire chief of Yuma Fire Department? Uh, August of last year, so 2022. All right, so... Yeah. So, uh, and there's a kind of a cool story that, that leads up to that, which is a, a big part of why we invited you here. It's kind of a neat journey and involved a little bit of you wrestling with, with God of like, is this the direction I need to go or not? And so let's just rewind back to the beginning. Sure, sure. So I worked for a gentleman, uh, the previous fire chief, Steve Err. I'm sure you've guys heard of him or met him. He, he is a follower of Christ himself, mm-hmm. and so I, I learned a lot from him working with him. I worked alongside him, alongside him as a battalion chief, and then he got promoted to chief, and soon after that I was promoted to assistant chief. So him and I did a lot of things together, and you know he, he led by example, and, and I saw Christ moving in him. And, and, uh, and That's a great example. Yeah, of him. exactly. Yeah. I, you know, and so what, what I struggled with is I'm a pretty humble guy and have a lot of humility, and I really looked up to him, and I and I was actually at the calling workshop. Um, I want to say it was about a year ago, about January, February. I think it was. I remember football season was going, and <laughs> and there was. How are the Broncos games. doing that season, yeah. Scott? So the calling workshop, <laughs> <laughs> just to share with everybody, is is a workshop that here at Stone Ridge we we do to help kind of people look not only back at the history of their lives to see where God was moving, but also how God is moving them into different kinds of callings in their life. And for them to really see not just, okay, God, what is my calling, but how have you wired me all through my life and what circumstances have brought me to this calling? And that's the workshop you're talking about. Exactly. All right. Yeah. I guess I should have no, that's our, no, that's that's our, our job. job. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you're given, you're the color commentator. <laughs> that's right. So, so I struggled with, man, can I fill his shoes, mm. you know, and, uh, and Butch, everybody knows Butch and most people who listen to this probably will know who I'm talking about. That's right. He was at my table and, 
we were talking and I said, man, he, I go, I go, the guy is just a, I look up to him. He's a really strong leader. And I don't know if I can fill his shoes. And he goes, you're not filling his shoes. You're filling your own shoes. And that, Good job, Butch. And yeah. that was a, like a aha moment. Like, yeah, because I, you, you, during that calling workshop, you fill out things that made your accomplishments or, or turning points in your life or things that affected you and the, and who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and it really solidified with me as like, yeah, you're right. I have something to give. And if God wants me to do it, he'll put me in it. And so that goes into the whole process of interviewing. And, and so the whole process of interviewing, it was like about a year ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Almost, heck, we could probably say about a year ago, within a couple of days, wow. I was notified that I wasn't going to continue in the process. I interviewed and they said, we're going to go with three other candidates outside of the city of Yuma. And uh, so was that hard? It was, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. I was a little disappointed. I wouldn't say because I finally said, okay, I'm going to do this. And you know, I with with the city 27, almost 28 years at the time. I was like, man, what does it take here to, to show mm-hmm. that you're dedicated and wanted to give show leadership and help the folks. So you must've felt, I mean, you went into this believing, okay, God, I believe you're wanting me for this position. And I believe that's what my calling is. Why are you telling me no? I mean, was that, was, was there a thought process, a a conversation with God about, okay, now, now I'm all messed up because you pulled me out. Well, I struggled for several, I bet you about a week or two. Cause I, it, cause I, I was fine with the fact of being assistant chief and, and, and not putting in for the job. But I looked at all the leadership within the organization. And I said, if we have somebody that comes in that kind of scrambles it all up and then leaves really quick, it's just going to bring, bring chaos. And, yeah. and we weren't having struggles in our department. So usually when you bring someone outside is the leadership has going to bring change. Yeah. You want right. to bring change. And re- I mean, there, yes, there's some things we're changing now, but that each leader brings their own, they have their own style. And I, I even mentioned it to Tom, like, oh, did you struggle when you took over after uh, Pastor Sam because he was such a strong influence of the church? And, and we had you know, a little bit of discussion on that. And, and so, anyways, going back to being turned down, it was, it was hard. And I, you know, I wrote, I wrote, I journaled a little bit and wrote down, you know, how I thought I was being treated, you know, unfairly. And I wrote it out. And I actually talked talk to my boss about it, who was still there. He hadn't left yet. Oh, and, Steve? Oh, yeah, he was still oh, there. Wow. And he's like, well, you know, God has his plans, and, you know, things work for the best, and maybe the guy will only be here for a year or two, and then he'll teach you some things. So he gave me a little bit of wisdom. So I took off with uh, on spring break later on. It was like a couple weeks later with my son. We went over to... Uh, to a theme park, uh, Universal Studios, him and I, he, he always wanted to go, and I go, man, it'd be good. Him and I, son, father and son, go by. Yeah. We'd never go to, together, really, on any trips like that. So we so did to blow some steam off, and yeah. it was really good. And so we spent a couple days over there, and the morning of, I get a phone call from the chief, and he says, that guy pulled his application out, so they don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> and so, so it was but a, a roller coaster ride. Right. And so they said, well, we're going to interview the second guy that we was on our list and that guy dropped out like the week later. And then finally the, uh, the, the boss at the city called me in and said, Hey, can you 
run interim until we can figure out what we're going to do. Was that hard? It was. Oh, I it can't was a little, It was a little hard because I, I kind of went in with a little bit of a neg- negative attitude. And sure. I said, I said, so I'm going to do this. Do I should what I should I even put in for the job? You know, <laughs> I'm good on? enough for interim, but I'm not good yeah, enough yeah, to right. run the department. Right, and and to me, it was probably not the right thing to say because I was talking to to the chiefer at the time, and after the fact, he goes, "Why did you say that? You should have been positive and say you're going to go take it and run with it." And I go, "I guess you're right. I was just a little nervous." Well, a little hurt, I yeah. would think, like you know. Yeah. So you'll, you'll use me as your backup plan, but not, you know, you know, your, your plan C, but not your plan A or your plan B even. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, when I, and then when I, as I was leaving, when I was talking to the boss about this and I said, yeah, um, I go, um, what was that? Did I say exactly that was, uh, pertinent to this conversation? I was saying, um, man, I am losing my train of thought here. That's all right. We go off the rails all yeah. the time. So it's <laughs> nothing new for this, this podcast. A major improve- yeah. So far, this is a major improvement for our podcast. Yeah, no, so I'm just good. thinking, and I was sitting there, and I was saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, man, I'm drawing a That's blank. all right. It'll, we'll just, we'll move on, and then if it comes back up, we'll backtrack. So, so you were, you talked to the city, mm-hmm. said, you know, should I even bother mm-hmm. like pursuing this? Steve was still giving you some counsel and, uh, and what you, and obviously, I mean, you're the fire chief now. So how did you, what was the journey from interim to actually landing the job? Well, you know what? I just remembered what I was going to tell go. you. I figured if I just talked a little bit, it all come back. Well, it was really pertinent because I was at the table and I told him, well, God ha- opens doors or does thing- things work out for the best. Uh-huh. And the city manager said, yeah. And the deputy city manager was, yeah, you're right. And I mean, after that point, I kind of, you know, you know, I go, well, I'm going to run it. And someone said, a fire chief from up in the Phoenix area, we were talking back and forth about the issue. And he goes, I told him, hey, I got the interim spot. And he goes, well, drive it like it's a rental or, you know, pretty much <laughs> like you own the darn thing. Don't, don't go, you know, half baked on anything, you know, right. don't be tentative about making decisions, run it like you've been promoted. And that really, I mean, I kind of knew that, That's you know, cause, you know, why not? Right. Yeah. That's what they hired you or putting you in to do. So, so we were right, right into our strategic plan, actually invited folks from the church here to be a part of it and, mm-hmm. and just ran it like the way I've seen it been done for the last 30 years. So it kind of just fell in place. And in uh, about August, the city manager goes, Hey, you're doing an awesome job. And, uh, I want you to be the fire chief if you would take it. And so when was that August of uh, August. 2022? So from, so, so it was just like April, a month late, or two, right? That was April, late April, all the way into August. Oh, okay. So, so we went several months, so right. May, June, July. So now I just had a curiosity question pop in my head. As are are you directly accountable to the, the city city administrator? I mean, did he have to go then through the city council and say, "I want this person," or could he just hire no, you directly? No, he's he he the city council is his boss, so the seven folks on city council. Um, but he is 
charged with making those decisions on point appointing of running through recruitments and all that. But ultimately, yeah, he, he's the one that makes the decision. Yeah. It's kind of like you, (laughs) (laughs) you get to make all the decisions. That's how we got Scott. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I inherited Scott. So, but I'm happy. I'm happy about it. Um, the, what, what did it feel like when, when he, when that, when he said that, when he came to you, he's like, Dusty, you're doing a great job. What do you think about staying on as chief? Well, I was surprised in August because I thought it was going to be late. Like he said at one point, maybe in January when he figured out how well his job was going to shake out. Yeah. And so I was a little surprised a little early, but I would lay in bed at night thinking what's going on, what's going to happen just because, I mean, cause there's so many moving pieces right. with the department. It's not, we're not a small department, but we're kind of a medium sized growing department. And there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of great people that work for us. And, uh, and that's the other thing, you know, about this whole leadership journey and being humble is I always, I always felt that, that it's more about the folks and not a, about me. As the higher I go, it's more about them. Yeah. And so I think that ties really well into being a follower of Christ that it's not about you. <laughs> right? Absolutely. You, I mean, so, I mean, that's really something that you got to share and, and, and live it. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't let your head get too big because it's really not about you. Well, and I think that's a great example of of servant leadership. In in previous podcasts, we talked about you know these different kinds of leaders, and that Christ really led as a servant leader. And and you know the ultimate example was uh, the washing of of the disciples' feet. And um, recently, we were talking about that. And when you think about it, not only did he wash Peter's feet, but he also washed Judas's feet. Mm-hmm. And and so there was this mix of disciples that as as the leader he's saying I'm servant to all, not just to some. And so you know you just kind of express that just now when you were talking about it's not about me, it's about all these other people that are on the front lines that are doing all the 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 tough work. My job is to serve them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We there are some there are some models of leadership where the, the leader's a rock star and and the attention is on the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get it probably in some, maybe in some industries that maybe that works better. I don't know. I I have a little bit of a, a bias away from that. Um, always wanting leaders to invest in others, not, not so much draw the attention to themselves. And I like what you said that that's about, you know, it's about, having a lot of great people in the organization and making making the best of the people that you've got. Well, I think part of that is that in the fire service, I mean, people always look at firemen and say, Oh, they're, they're, they're these great heroes and they rush into fires and they, and, and all of that is true. But the reality of, of really fire service is much more on the, we're on the prevention, we're on the, we're on the protection, we're on the, and so, you know, we, we spend a fair amount of downtime, um, doing our jobs. And so to have somebody who's, who's leading them to say, this is why your job is important. If, if, if we have to go to a fire, there's something that we need to reeducate or we need to do, or we need to, you know, and so 
um, as as much as glamorous as as fire department <laughs> is to be a firefighter is, there's also a big piece of it that people don't understand and and how hard um, you guys work to really make sure that people are safe on the other side so you don't have to go into their fi- into their homes. Yeah, there's a saying when I go went back to the fire academy. There's a there is a class that you take part of my executive fire officers program. It's called community risk reduction module. It's a second year mm-hmm. and it's really about education, engineering. Uh, so it talks about fire codes and edu- and also public inf- information. And so the, their thought is if there's a fire, we didn't do a good enough job to prevent that fire. Mm-hmm. If there's a fall in the home, we didn't do a good enough job of engineering you maybe like say it's a it's a it's an elderly home or a place where folks that are up in age are at that we didn't do a good good enough job to, to mitigate the the trip hazards or mm. or we didn't make sure the sprinkler systems were operational or they didn't have a a fire extinguisher so and also you can also take it a step further and say now that I didn't mitigate that fire. Now I got to expose the public to a fire truck racing down the road, mm-hmm. getting in an accident, uh, exposing a firefighter racing heart, possibly getting a heart attack because they're it's a higher risk for heart attacks, mm. uh, exposure to cancer causing uh, carcinogenic th- things in the building when they're around the smoke. Mm. And so if we had sprinklers in every building, and we did a lot more of that. Would be a lot less fires and a lot less death, and long-term death. Like my father, he he was ten year, almost ten years to the day he retired from the Yuma Fire Department. He was dead of cancer. He oh, died wow. of cancer. So it's really big for me to make sure that that has been my why since I've been on the fire department uh, as chief and assistant chief is to make sure we try to reduce cancer in the fire service. So we're doing early detection stuff. Uh, we're doing cleaning of the gear, getting two sets of turnout gear so you don't have a dirty set. Uh, mm. We have washing machines that will clean the gears and uh, clean areas in the station and dirty areas. So we're doing a lot of things to prevent stuff because I don't want them to have to go or what my, like my father had gone through. So it's been a really big thing for me. Well, uh, and I would suspect a success for you would be um, that a firefighter retires and gets to en- enjoy their retirement, not be fighting illness or disease or that kind of stuff because of all the years they served. Yeah, like 10 years. My dad did 28 years and five years of it was retired and the rest of it was fighting multiple myeloma. So, wow. so yeah, it's a, it's a really big on, you know, big thing I've been driving me. I eventually awesome. I would like to get our retirees to get, be able to get screened. I'm looking at a program to kind of get them screened. So I'm looking for avenues for that. But I will tell you, we've had a couple wins already. We did a new physical process where yeah. it's called a 1582 physical. That's the National Fire Protection Agency. There's a section in there for health and wellness for firefighters. And we did enhanced screenings over the last couple of years. And we caught two people so far with cancer early. And they had surgery and it cleared where they've been deemed clean of All cancer right. now. Nice. So they, and this one guy was getting ready to walk out the door. And he would not have gone and got a physical or nothing. And he'd be probably till even right now, he'd probably still not know he had cancer. So we already had a win. So that's cool. So I got a, a couple other questions still related to this, uh, this chief's journey, but kind of, kind of now as you're on 
as you're settled in a role, uh, what what kind of role does faith play for you as the fire chief? Well, I, th- I think if you see the way the culture is going right now, I think we can't shy away from speaking truth, mm. having that biblical worldview, and not being afraid to say what's true and not true. And, and, and even for fear of you may be offending an elected official or a boss and saying what's right and wrong and what your faith tells you. I really, I mean, it's a really important thing. And, yeah. and being around like a group of firefighters when I first was doing my walk, my walk arounds with folks and talking to them as the, as the acting fire chief, there was a little bit of disgruntledness and, and, and not having a fear of speaking the truth to certain issues that they, you know, you could be a politician and tell them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. But I figured, you know what? God's got my back, and I'm gonna speak truth, and and so be it. You know, so that's all, and that's hard in a particularly in a like a government job when you feel like, how's this gonna be? You know, do I have the freedom to speak my mind? Right. Yeah. Well, especially to to be able to speak truth to people above you, like into the into the government or into the city council or things mm-hmm. like that, where you know <clears throat> those people may not want to hear it. But you know that they they need to hear it at the same time. It's like you you walk this thin line of yeah. But if I say something, they're going to go to the administrator, and then I, then there's going to be this whole thing. And you know, but I think most I would my idealism says that most people appreciate truth more than they do, mm. you know, being whitewashed. Yeah, I I think that I've seen a lot of instances of people speaking truth as of late. That gives a lot of people courage to start speaking truth. I think. I think God is working in a lot of people. And I think all the chaos that's going on right now is actually God. That's when he works the most. Mm-hmm. He's actually inspiring people to take that step out onto the ledge. And he took, you know, taking a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Why can't I take a chance on him? <laughs> right. That's what great, a great right? attitude. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So early in this journey, you went to the calling workshop. Mm-hmm. Would you describe your call? Is your calling to be a fire chief, or would you describe it differently? How would you? How would Dusty describe what's what's your calling? Well, I'll tell you. I never thought I'd be a fire chief. Hmm. I never. When I got in, I go, oh, I'll become a captain or something. And yeah. But I had that kidney transplant stuff we talked about earlier. Right. And that kind of I had lemon lemonade. You know, I made lemonade out of lemons kind of thing <laughs> because I was in administration. I actually worked with Scott a little bit on emergency management stuff. Mm-hmm. He actually hosted mm-hmm. or was a, a keynote speaker for one of our planning sessions. And but it allowed me to network with like I networked with the sheriff's office. Actually I was doing emergency management with the sheriff, the county health department all the folks at all the different health uh, providers in the Yuma area and, and actually worked with people at the state. So it gave me a better overview of what things could be. And so as I was, I went, I got, had the transplant, went back on shift. I realized with the drugs I'm on and I'm just not, I, it's not ideal for me to be around super sick people. Mm. So my anti-rejection drugs don't allow me should, I shouldn't be around super sick people. And so I realized it, and so I, I took a, a path of well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the administration route. So I became a battalion chief or manager crew for about 
three and a half years before I became assistant fire chief. So it's like, it's, it was like, that's what transitioned me into becoming a, yeah. a, a administrator. Cause I'd never thought of, of, uh, you know, going in administration and I will tell you it affected the way I lead. Cause I want folks that aren't sick necessarily. They aren't, they're not supposed to go on light duty and be an admin and give them opportunities to be an admin, to get, give them a different perspective mm-hmm. and show them there's other routes or other ways to, contribute to the fire service not necessarily on a fire truck or an ambulance but to be in administration and help build programs and make the department and the community safer hmm. so back to your whole point <laughs> sorry i get That's off on right. rabbit trails here rabbit right. holes or whatever uh i i see myself as you know i'm a people person and i like helping people so I, I'm more than a fire chief. I don't see myself as necessarily the, I don't like where, like I, I don't need people to know that I'm a fire chief. It's not, your, it's not the core of your identity. No, not yeah. at all. Um, I'm, I like people to know I'm a good neighbor, good friend, um, good coworker. And they willing, if you call me. And so our slogan for the fire department, and it's funny because I was laying in bed one time, oh, several years ago. And I go, we can't wait to help. It's too hmm. double meaning, right? Right. We got to get to your emergency fast, but we also are, we're friendly and we want to help. We can't wait to help. So that was our slogan for the fire department. Were you involved in, in developing that slogan? I was, it was my slogan. I was going to say, that it, sounds like Dusty's calling. Right yeah, there. it's yeah. exactly. So, and I told it to Chiefer at one time and I didn't really want to push it on him, mm-hmm. but eventually we're going to have it on our, we, you know, we discussed it in our, our five-year planning process, our strat plan. And, and we brought it up and, and we're going to put it on our fire trucks and our ambulances and I love it. it's on my email. We can't wait to help. So, cause you see, it those, is right yeah, there. you see, yeah. yeah, we can't wait to help. So that's awesome. I love it. I do too. I'm like, that is such a cool saying. Yeah. Well, and I think it, that's, that, that's a personal passion of mine about calling that I think a lot of times people think about their calling as tied to a career. And I think it's really more about, what is it that you bring to the table? Like, what are the qualities in you that you're bringing to the table, regardless of where you're at, whether it's at home or your neighborhood or your your work or wherever? And and that whole like, can't wait to help. That that's Dusty right there. That's great. So, has there ever been Dusty a point where you you kind of question God in the sense of, are you sure you have the right guy for this this position, or have you just always felt like? Okay, this is where I am supposed to be. Well, I guess it depends on where, w- when that, when, <laughs> what day it is. No, well, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking like before the the calling workshop, I was really struggling on putting in for it for that job, and then after the fact, I'll, there's another little God story I can tell you. I was probably a week or two in as the interim or the acting fire chief. And a friend of my grandmother's, who's a Christian, she calls me, goes, I got something that your grandmother made. And my grandmother was a Christian. And, and she, uh, I mean, she probably the, I probably hold her up higher than most people. I mean, she's probably, I looked up to her more than probably anybody. She was my, I just loved her. The, the, yeah. It just, I can't even, words can't describe how much I loved my grandmother on my father's side. And anyways, she made an embroidery like a, like a, I, I'm trying to think if it's a, 
cross stitch or whatever, but it was one of those cross, cross stitch stitches where it had a fire department, like a steamer engine coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And it had uh, some other stuff that would, that would say, Hey, it says Yuma fire department on it. And I remember her working on it when I was like 14 years old, 15 years old. And she gave it as a gift to my aunt who my uncle was a firefighter for the city of Yuma. She gave it to them to put on their wall or whatever. Somehow my, then she was a friend of my aunt's and she got a hold of it. She had it. And she gave that to me in the parking lot of station one. And that moment I knew my grandmother was, <laughs> that was a message. Everything mm-hmm. will be okay. That's you know, just, awesome. just do what you need to do. And so there's no doubt. I mean, so my wall in my, in my office, even when I was acting chief, I did put, I, I put stuff on the walls acting like I was going to be there. So I just went with it. So that's awesome. I, th- I think that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I think, and, and there's a great lesson there that even if you're, even if you're put into an interim position to drive it like it's your own, you know, uh, until, until God says, no, this, you know, you were temporary or whatever, but in your position, it worked out perfectly because you did that and it became your own, you know? And, and so now we have this great fire chief in our city that, that is a believer that is, that is following Christ and, and, uh, and willing to share that in, in his journey. And who I just can't wait to help you. Yeah. Who can't wait to help you. <laughs> our guys, I mean, the folks on the floor are, can't wait to help. I mean, they're, yeah. they are, they're what are, they are the ones that are important. To, to be able to, you know, they're the tip of the spear to, right. you know, help everybody in the, in the, in the city. Uh, another leadership thing with the whole drive it like you own it. When I was just acting assistant chief, cause a little while I was disappointed before I was, I was put in an acting position while chiefer was trying to become the fire chief at the time. I had, I struggled at that time with because i had cohorts that were vying for the positions even though i was in the position so it was like several of us trying to become assistant chief that was a hard position to be in Mm. because you had to manage people that were applying for the same job you were applying for (laughs) and man that was that was if i could tell anybody but i know you're coming after me (laughs) yeah or i'm gonna hold you accountable and you're going to think that I'm doing it just to, to undermine ice, you. Yeah, to undermine yeah. you or ice you out. And in reality, that's not the case. But Chief Er told me at the time, he's like, I appointed you for a reason. And because I was struggling to, 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 to hold somebody accountable for something. And he goes, You know, you got to take care of business. Because hmm. that, that's, you know, part of the process. If people can't see through that, I mean, they think you're trying to, we know who you are. You're just holding people accountable and doing what you need to do. Don't, don't take it personal. They shouldn't take it personal. Just do what you got to do. And so that was one of the first things I told my assistant chief who was appointed, hmm. just run it the way you would run it. If I appointed you today, just do it. So, I mean, that really is another reoccurring theme of, you know, don't be. Well, and it goes back to what you just, what you said a little bit earlier. Here is this chief, chief Er who is speaking truth into you mm-hmm. that, that resonated and, and kind of grounded you to go, you're right. I, I need to, I need to stop worrying about me. I need to be speaking truth. And now you've shared that with, with your appointed person to say, you know what you need to, you need to drive it. That's awesome. Well, Dusty, could, could we pray for you? 
definitely. And uh, for the YFD, and and uh, I really appreciate you you coming on to join us. So, You're welcome. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for for Dusty. I thank you for your work in his life to to lead him to where he's at right now. And um, I thank you that we have a man of faith who's serving our city mm-hmm. and who is helping to protect our our people and uh, who is building up this organization in a, what sounds to me like a really healthy way. And so I pray your your favor and your blessing on Dusty. I pray that you would protect our firefighters from harm, that their work to prevent uh, tragedy and 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 um, and harm in our community would be incredibly successful. And um, I just pray that all these hopes and dreams he has for the department, he'd be able to see them just continue to grow and build and develop. So we, we, uh, we thank you for him, for his whole team, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dusty. This is a great conversation. You're welcome. All right. Till next time, this is Resisting Pretext.